This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Horticulture's fell to rushing. I'm standing out here at the Max downtown Meridian, right by the uh, by the train station. Got a b- bunch of folks here. Good morning, Meridian. Good morning. Woohoo! We're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour. So if there's some things you want to talk about. It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I've been doing this a long time. I've uh, been doing uh, calling radio programs since 1983. It's been a long, long time. And uh, I don't have any training in this. Java, you know that. Java, you know, you, you, you're you a radio guy and an arts guy and all that, but I'm just a bumbling guy who likes to talk about gardening. No, no, Felder, you're, you're much, much more than that, much more than that. But I do have to note that 1983 was one year before I was born. <laughs> you feeling old yet? Every day. <laughs> Listen, Java, say hey to all these folks here. They they miss you. Hey, Meridian, I really do wish I could be out there today, but uh, such is life, as they say. But I, I send all my love over these airwaves this morning. Okay. Everybody said, hey, Java. Well, listen, it is a call-in program. I just got back, Java. I don't know. We haven't talked yet, but I drove, since I saw you last, I drove 4,600 miles. I went up to uh, New Hampshire, visited some friends uh, who, who have a, a special uh, nursery up in the mountains of West Virginia. I've been across five mountain ranges and got a lot of pictures and all, but I spent last weekend with Roger Swain. Now, you're way too young to remember this, but Roger was the longtime host of the Victory Garden on, uh, on, on public television, and the Red Suspenders guy, and we picked bushels and bushels of apples and pears, uh, uh, grapes, we harvested a whole bunch of grapes, we deadheaded a bunch of garlic, uh, we weeded a bed. We looked at some weird stuff. We traveled uh, across the mountains to visit other folks. And it was just a really good opportunity to spend time yakking with somebody else who basically BSs about flowers for a living like I do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you know, somebody said, what do you do for a living, Felder? I said, well, I, I, I BS about flowers. They said, no, really. I said, no, really. <laughs> that's what I do. And that's what we're here for at MPB. So, uh, folks, if you want to give us a call, if the, the phones are open. It's live. Toll-free, mpb ring And we're going to just be talking about all sorts of, of things. Got a fellow named Jesse Valentine. Jesse's making me sound tall and smart from the max. Yeah, we have to send a special thank you out to Jesse Jesse Valentine this morning. Uh, we, need to, we need to blast his name high from the mountaintops for uh, doing a good job this morning. That's right. Well, folks, if you want to give us a yeah. You know, this is a, a, a lot of folks don't uh, make, are aware of the Max here, uh, downtown Meridian. A lot of folks had not been here, but it is one of the coolest exhibits, cultural exhibits. It's not a museum. Well, it's sort of a museum. It's a cultural center. One of the coolest places in the South that covers all sorts of, uh, of arts and music and, and uh, just all sorts of stuff here. And I'm glad to be back here again. Now, so, Felder, are you, are, now you're just not saying it's such a great place because you have an exhibit in there, right? Well, there is an exhibit of my stuff. Yeah, it's got one of my little bottle trees and all. But, I, you know, I guess they, you know, anybody who looks like I do is going to qualify, I guess. I'm not <laughs> sure. But uh, anyway, uh, folks, I'm going to be also be here again tomorrow morning, Saturday, giving a, a lecture, a talk with slides and everything about how to have the best-looking garden in Mississippi in the dead of winter, January. We're in our gardens 12 months of the year. We're much more than azaleas and crepe myrtles. So we're going to be talking about how to have an incredible-looking garden with little or no care. Gardening is the easiest in the wintertime, and I've been spending a, uh, a lifetime looking at what does its best, what's at its peak in January. You know, you see a camellia here. You see uh, uh, early paper white daffodils there. You see variegated foliage and things like that. And I'm going to talk about how you can pull those together into a nice-looking composition that if you'd never garden at all, you can look out your window on a cold day in January, and it looks fantastic. That's what we're going to be talking about because gardening is all year long. So, Java, you're going to have to let me know if we get any calls uh, pouring in this morning. Well, let's go ahead and uh, go to our first caller who is actually in Tupelo. And uh, we have to thank Lisa Lancaster, our phone operator, this morning for getting Rob hooked up. Well, uh, let's talk to Rob in Tupelo. Good morning, Rob. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing great, Felder. How are you doing? So far, so good. So far, I got on my I got on my dress shoes and everything this morning. Oh wow, fantastic! Hey, uh, so yeah. uh, before before I ask my question, I just last time you and I spoke, I had transplanted a couple of pine tree seedlings, and I'm sorry to report they didn't make it. But why? The good news is, well, I think I I had uh, they were too tall. They were too, uh, according to your advice, they were probably too old to transplant, and they just didn't make it. But huh. the oaks I've planted in their place are doing great. Well, good. So what are you going to do now? <clears throat> well, my question is, I, I neighbors gave me some Shasta daisies, and I transplanted those and they uh, earlier this uh, spring. And all summer long, they did great. You know how Shastas, they just grow like crazy. Yeah. And they did super, but then in about mid-August, I noticed the stalks starting to turn brown and dying off. And and to this point now, about 80% of each of the plants, and it happened on all five plants, have kind of died back. And yeah. this being my first time working with Shasta daisies, I'm wondering, is that normal for them, or did something go wrong? Nope, it's normal. Matter of fact, it sounded okay. like yours is better than mine. Okay. So, so here's is there anything you know, Shasta, I should do Shasta now? Daisies, say what? Is there anything I should do now with the with the uh, stalks that have died? Should I cut those back, or should I just leave those for the winter and cut them back in the spring? Well, normally I say leave them because a lot of times these these daisies and members of the Astor family got seeds for little goldfinches and other birds, but I don't think that they make seeds. So. Uh, you know, whether cut them down or not is sort of like plucking eyebrows. It's just up to you. Nobody else really cares. Okay. It's cosmetics oh. only. Very good. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, sir. No, no, I'm not done with you. You ride around town oh. in the next uh, next month or so, toward the end of this month, and you can see all around town this uh, this looks like a, a, a daisy. It's really pale pink. It's uh, sort of a light lavender, and they call it Clara Curtis or Country Girls. It's a mum that is absolutely 100% hardy. It blooms every year, no care whatsoever. And uh, if you can see some of them, stop and knock on the door because they got it from somebody. They didn't buy it anyplace. And, and tell them, is that Clara Curtis or Country Girls? And they're going to give you a piece of it. You put it in your yard, and when your chance of daisies die out in the fall, uh, in the late summer, you'll have these coming on. So, you know, no sense in having that space taken up all year for something that only blooms part of the year. Very cool. All righty. Great. Okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Y'all know uh, Country Girls or Clara Curtis here in, in Meridian? It's an old-fashioned daisy. Is a, Well, not old-fashioned. It's from the 1930s. There's a guy in Scotland who bred hardy mums, and it kind of sprawls. It doesn't run underground like, you know, it's not weedy, uh, but it has great big pale uh, lavender pink flowers, and you only see it around country gardens and old parts of town and people who are connected with other gardeners because even though it's sold, it's not sold widely, but it's an absolutely dependable plant that, uh, again, I believe we need to garden year-round. Every month of the year, you should have something in bloom or something you could eat out of your garden. And Country Girls or Clara Curtis, it's called Clara Curtis, but, you know, when you when you start spreading names around, you whisper it to somebody, they tell it to somebody, they, by the time it comes back around, it's different. So Clara Curtis became Country Girls in the South. It's a really dependable plant that, uh, that just extends our seasons beyond just azaleas and crepe myrtles. Now, Felder, Felder, let's slide over from Tupelo and go speak with uh, Juanita in Oxford. Hey, Juanita, good morning. What's going oh, on? good morning, Felder. Thank you for taking my call and enjoying the show. Um, just want to uh, ask you this question. I have a cousin who lives in Melbourne, Florida. She sent me a picture of a bug that is eating their acerola tree, which they just treasure. Yep. Even me, who comes from Massachusetts, recognized a boll weevil when I saw one. It was gray. It had a big, long snout. And the, everyone there is telling them, no, you have to use malathion. There's nothing to be done that's safe for pets. So they're willing, to, you know, they're about to cut down the tree. Do you know of anything that can help with the boll weevils on that infestation on that tree without uh, endangering their pets? Well, well, first of all, it may not be a boll weevil. There's a lot of what they call snout weevils. They're little beetles that got that curved snout. Boll weevil is just one kind. So it just could be a snout beetle. And um, 
there's not much you can do. Why, why cut a plant down just because it's got bugs on it? If you take your glasses off, the bugs disappear. I no, mean, it's, it's that they bite. Oh, well, if it bites, it ain't, it ain't a snout beetle. So uh, what, what she needs to do is take a picture of it, a good close-up picture, send it to you, and you send it to me, and we'll find out for sure what it is. Because, you know, a blanket recommendation on spraying stuff, not always the best solution. It usually works, but it may not be the best solution. So first of all, let's find out what is it. And uh, is there something we can do early in the year or later uh, that, to control it without having to just spray a whole bunch of stuff? Uh, and by the way, if she were going to spray, I wouldn't recommend malathion. That's a, you know, that's a, there's a natural material that's called pyrethrin. Uh, yeah. It's made from chrysanthemums, and it's actually more powerful than chemicals. And if she'll spray uh -huh. late in the day after the bees and pollinators have gone in uh, yeah. with, with anything that's got pyrethrin, that'll control hard-to-kill insects, and, it's, and it's, it's a natural product. It really and it, and it won't do any, any damage to her, her cats and dogs. No, no, no. This it's made out of chrysanthemum. I'm not recommending it because it's natural. I recommend it because it works, and it happens to be natural. And uh, pyrethrins don't affect mammals. It affects uh, nervous insects. Anyway, late in the day with pyrethrin. But let's find out what it is. You got my curiosity. It ain't a boll weevil if it bites. Yep, she says it bites because they've lit on them and they and they bite. So, and I do have a good photograph that she sent me, so I will send it on to you. Send it to me. Send it to me. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks, Garden Juanita. at mpbonline.org. Thank you, Felder. Was it Juanita? It was Weta. Weta. Anyway, give us a call. Toll free. Toll free. One eight seven seven MPB. We're here at the uh, the Mississippi Arts and Entertainment Experience. We call it the Max in downtown Meridian. Going to be here again tomorrow morning, Saturday, start about nine thirty. We're going to talk about all sorts of things you can do to have a great looking garden in the middle of the winter. Um, I mean, without a whole bunch of care, and we're also going to have a little plant swap. Uh, meanwhile, folks here at Meridian, we got another microphone up here. If there's a thing you want to talk about, step up, talk it, and keep it clean, okay? Because Java doesn't have the, the delay on. And uh, step up, let's just talk, let's turn this to a community experience. That's got all the big wigs from the Max out here this morning, too. Y'all need to get a real job. Java, we'll be right back with the Gestalt Gardener right after this. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology or tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. I'm Ryder Taff, co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Podcasts can be found on our website or on your smart device's podcasting platform. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing on the Gestalt Gardener here at the Mississippi Arts and the Entertainment Experience downtown uh, Meridian. And uh, I'm going go to go to a phone call, but we've got somebody here who wants to talk about a plant swap that's going to be going on right down here tomorrow. We're going to be talking about that. So uh, step right up to the microphone. Meanwhile, let's go to uh, Ricky in Columbus. Good morning, Ricky. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? So far, so good. What's up, man? Uh, I have a question for you. So I'm a culinary instructor for East Mississippi here in Columbus, and I want to plant a herb garden with my yep. students. I'm just kind of curious uh, what I should look at to basically not kill a little hold up. Yeah. Once it starts getting oh. cold and everything. How old are the kids? Uh, college. It's uh, East Mississippi Community College. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, and, and by the way, um, when you say herb, are you talking about what I call herbs? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah, we have a couple big rosemary plants. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to get some other stuff to kind of get them in there, kind of see how it grows, what it looks like when it's fresh and not just dry. Yeah. Well, here's a couple of things. First of all, almost all the herbs, herbs are herbs. You know, by the way, the English say herb, French say herb. You know, so whatever you want to go with, as long as you just don't look down on anybody else. Here's the deal. They almost always have got to have good drainage. What kills most of them here in Mississippi is the heavy rains we have in the winter and the spring, and it rots their roots. Most of these culinary herbs are, are from the Mediterranean. I've seen rosemary hanging off of a, off of a rock hillside in places that only get 14 inches of rainfall a year in the Mediterranean. So uh, the main thing is have them make some low raised beds. I don't mean containers on top of the ground. Make some little boxes, maybe three or four feet across, and dig the dirt that's beneath it and then add stuff to it so it's partly sunk and partly raised. And uh, you'll have a whole lot better experience with these than if they're growing just plain flat dirt or raised up on top of the ground. Uh, but rosemary does great. There's several varieties, uh, and if these are culinary students, they need to understand that different herbs, uh, different types of rosemary uh, have got different flavors. Also, different kinds of oregano. They've got uh, cascading, they've got Spanish, they've got all different kinds of oregano that have different flavors. Uh, but as far as what will grow over the wintertime, parsley, if you can get parsley, uh, it, it grows better over the winter than in the summer. It's a pretty plant. So parsley, uh, a rosemary, oregano, chives. Also, this is the time of year to plant garlic in, uh, in uh, October, early November. So if, if you can plant, have them plant different types of garlic, you plant them in the fall, harvest them in the spring, and then they can compare not only how they grow but how they, how they taste because there's a lot of deer. I grow six different kinds of garlic myself, and they all taste like garlic, of course. But they all have yeah. some are zestier than others. But those are really good ones for the winter. Uh, and then in the summertime, different types of basil uh, do really well. But those are all good culinary herbs. They're pretty. They're easy to grow as long as they don't stay too wet in the wintertime. Yeah, we got our uh, turf management guys uh, got have us a raised bed around my existing rosemary plant. And so yeah, I'm trying well, to figure out ways to fill it out. And, stuff well, they can the, eat again, again not a raised bed is not a container set on top of the ground it's dirt that's been dug maybe shovels deep that has stuff added to it that's fluffed okay. up yes, you don't have to surround it with with uh, with wood or anything you know a raised bed is just simply a, a row uh you know a wide row so uh dig the dirt add some stuff to it fluff it up raise it up a little bit and then you've got something that's partly sunk so you don't have to water in the summer and partly raised so it drains when we have too much rainfall but uh, anyway, different kinds of oregano, they're definitely worth looking at because they have different uses culinary. And uh, 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 garlic would be a great thing for them to plant now and should harvest before they finish in the spring. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, well, one other thing. You know, uh, these are culinary students, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Edible flowers, pansies, violas, a little purple and yellow violas, old Johnny Jump Ups. Uh, those are perfectly edible and they're pretty. So they put those around the edge of them so you have something that, that looks good. Just a regular herb garden is not the same thing as row crop gardening. So yes, make sure they put some violas and pansies around the edge because they're not only pretty all winter, they'll take the cold, but they're edible. And they look, look really good on the side of uh, some of their, their uh, meal preparations. How's that oh, sound? Yeah. Uh, that sounds great. I've I've used nasturtiums before. Uh, can we, is that a thing, that, sir? Borderline. Borderline. <laughs> yeah, the, a lot of these plants grow all summer long in cool climates like England and Oregon and and uh, and Massachusetts. But here they they either can't take the heat and humidity of the summer or they'll freeze if we have a hard cold. See, so uh, nasturtiums and some snapdragons. Uh, they're, they're gambles. They, they grow over the winter for us as long as they don't get a hard freeze. So if you want to give them a try, you need to get them started early enough so they'll bloom uh, in the fall when it's cool or in the spring and late spring when it's cool, uh, but hopefully skirt around that hard freeze in the wintertime and the heat and humidity of summer. There's a lot of really cool plants that don't like Mississippi's climate, but we have works around, work around. Main thing is stick with the, the, the main ones and then try some of these others on the side. If they don't make it, you still got something to look at, something to eat. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, sir.
All right, appreciate your call, Ricky. Thank you. Now, somebody for so we're going to talk about uh, plant swine, and we're going to be here at the Max Saturday morning, 9:30 to 11 or so, talking about winter gardening. But it's right next to the train station, around right on the other side. It's the coolest little farmers market. I understand y'all got a, a, a plant sale. Is this Master That's Gardeners? That's right. Just Master Gardeners, East Mississippi Master Gardeners, having their annual fall, spring, their fall, and we have one in the spring too. Plant sale from 8 o'clock until 12 o'clock. And that's at the farmer's market. They do this every Saturday, first Saturday, down on Front Street at 18th Avenue under the oh. overpass. All righty. Well, I look forward so to seeing you all there. We've got a lot of good plants. And, um, As I recall, there was people, a – Yeah. The plant – these plants we've done in our own yard, so we know that they're good plants. There's nothing they're like good. getting stuff that somebody dug up that morning to, to, to share well, with that's you. That's true. All righty. Yeah, Appreciate and you it. know about it, don't you? I, I, as a matter of fact, I've gotten plants uh, here at the, the farmer's market before. So, uh, Java, how we doing, man? We're doing good, Felder. I was on the um, the uh, the Max website uh, looking at the the brand new exhibits, and they have one featuring uh, Patrick Kelly. Uh, this is something from my childhood of the uh, cross colors. Um, uh, one of the f uh, famous fashion designers to come from Mississippi. So I really, really hate that I didn't come to the Max uh, this morning. <laughs> And I wandered around it last year, uh, back in the spring. It's just a, it's an it's an incredible exhibit. Just uh, just incredible. Uh, matter of fact, I, I almost feel a, a little embarrassed because they got so much fun stuff. But what I brought to show off today is my grandmother's concrete chicken, which you've seen how many times, Java? Granny's I, chicken. And but also is no matter how many times I see it, I love hearing the story because it is Granny's chicken. I just uh, I, I write for a little magazine called uh, Life in the Delta. It's a Delta magazine, and uh, I, the one that the article that came out just this month about Granny's Chicken, about how it, it it bridges all the seasons. Flowers come and go, people come and go, events come and go, but Granny's Chicken is always out there. And uh, it's not a, I mean, I've been to Versailles. I've seen eight foot naked goddess statues. You know, I, I totally get the big stuff, but a naked goddess statue is not going to work well in my little garden, a little cottage garden. Granny's chicken is a perfect style, it's a perfect size, perfect scale. And when I look at it, I don't see a, a beat up old concrete chicken. This is an antique, it's 73 years old. My grandfather gave it to my grandmother as an anniversary present because that's all he could afford. And uh, Granny put it out with her zinnias and it kept her hopes going. Every year she looked at it and uh, every time she saw the chicken in the middle of winter, she thought about her zinnias. And when I look at this chicken, I don't see a concrete chicken, I see my grandmother's zinnias. And it, 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 it's one of them, and I haven't have I actually have it on a pedestal in my garden. So um, anyway, did you get my cheesy music this morning? Yes, I did, and it's 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 an old favorite. And uh, if you're ready, we can go ahead and take our uh, have you know the Mia Way Mark play our cheesy tune, reset things. Um, you know, if you're ready to go. Well, we we've got some lines open, folks. You want to give us a call? We're calling. We're we're broadcasting live from the Max Downtown Meridian. And uh, going to be here again Saturday morning, 9.30 to 11. And uh, before, during, and after, we're going to be uh, thinking about the plant sale and the farmer's market. I tell people every week at the end of every one of our programs, take a kid to a garden center, take them to a farmer's market, have them meet people who do stuff, for, who grow stuff for a living, and show them how to, to do what we do best. And I'm going to say that for the end of the program. Anyway, it's a wonderful opportunity. It's a great place to visit. Look forward to seeing a lot of y'all, not only this morning, but also Saturday morning too. So uh, let's do the cheesy music, come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. Uh, Ricky Valentine is keeping us all uh, sounding tall and smart. Jesse Valentine. Jesse, Jesse. I'm looking at with my bifocals. But uh, Jesse Valentine and all the folks here uh, at the Max, we're going to take a real quick break, sort of reset things. Got a cheesy tune coming up, but we've got the phone lines wide open. Give us a call at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back. Well, now take down your fishing pole and meet me at the vision hole. We may not get a bite all day, but don't you rush away. What a great place to rest your bones and mighty fine for skipping stones. You feel fresh as a lemonade setting in the shade. Whether it's hot, whether it's cool. Oh, what a spot for whistling like a fool What a fine day to take a stroll And wander by the fishing hole I can't think 
of a better way to pass the time of day. Or else pull up a weed to chaw And maybe set and jaw Hanging around Taking our ease Watching that hound Us scratching at his flea Come on, take down your fishing pole And meet me at the fishing hole I can't think of a better way To pass the time of day Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We've got a crowd of folks here in Meridian. And uh, if y'all got some questions, we got a, a microphone up here. Feel free to, to just step up and let's just chat. I mean, it's not just, just entertainment. You know, it's also infotainment. I would like to mention a couple of uh, dates. Uh, one that starts next Wednesday on the 6th is the State Fair. Now, what's special about the State Fair other than the State Fair Flower Show is that halfway through the State Fair, it always goes from cold, from warm to cold. We always have a cold snap halfway through the State Fair. That's just something I always look forward to. And uh, so anyway, it, uh, cool weather's headed our way. State Fair is uh, there in Jackson. But also on October 30th, which is uh, about, you know, still nearly a month away, there's a big plant swap that we have uh, every year down in Mobile, Alabama. There's one in Flora, Mississippi, the library, but I don't have the date for it yet. But anyway, plant swaps are a way to get weird people and weird plants together in one spot and swapping it all up. Doesn't matter whether you know each other, like each other, we get along with other people. A plant swap is a safe way for people who aren't necessarily joiners to come together and share plants, and it really mixes stuff up. Uh, this morning, uh, one of the, the folks here in the audience brought a really unusual gardenia. I haven't seen this before. It's definitely a gardenia, but the leaves are crepey. It's almost like a, a size of a golf ball. I say it's almost like a crepe myrtle-looking thing, and it's got that wonderful fragrance. What she doesn't know is I'm stealing this cutting and taking it home and rooting it. I also brought a couple of plants to, to show and tell. I actually stole them when I was riding around Meridian this morning. One is something that typically brings in fall. Some people call it hurricane lily. Some people call it naked ladies or spider lily. But it's like chorus radiatus. looks like uh, red spiders on, on sticks with no leaves and all. This is a classic old pass along plant. You can buy it, but it's most often uh, gotten from other people. The reason I'm saying this is because right now when the flowers are up, it's about a foot or so tall with these uh, uh, sort of carmen red flowers on it. This is the time to dig them, uh, with permission, of course. But if you'll find out where they are, while well, you can see where they are, uh, this is the time to dig because they're going to start growing roots in another oh, a couple of three weeks. They may already start growing roots already. Leaves come up in November, grows over the winter, foliage dies down, and it blooms this time next year. So this is the time of year to dig and devise spider lilies. If you don't have permission to get them, always put some back in a hole. Don't take them all, okay? I'm just saying that. Another plant is uh, something that is one of the all-time favorite Mississippi native fall-blooming cut flowers that I see all over the country and all over the world. One of the top 10 perennials in English gardens, and we take it for granted because it grows in, along our roadside. It's called goldenrod, and I pass around little pieces of it. Y'all still have the little individual flowers? Look at them up close. 
you know, people think of the goldenrod flowers being that big, tall stem. These tiny little things, each one of those is the flower. And you can see it's in the same family as zinnias and sunflowers. And if you if you got the fingernails, you can even pull the little petals, you know, point, she loves me, point, she loves me not, point. But this is in the same family as sunflowers and zinnias, and it's one of the best pollinator plants, cut flower plants, in the entire world, and it grows in our ditches. I think every single garden should have it. Somebody said, well, it spreads a little bit. Yeah, well, you just pull it up. You know, you spend less time shaving your legs one time than it takes to pull goldenrod all year long. So it's a terrific plant, and um, a lot of people say, well, I'm allergic to it. Nope, it's got real sticky pollen. It's, you, if you stick it up your nose, it can make you sneeze because it tickles, but it's the ragweed that you can't see that's making a sneeze. Goldenrod, one of the top 10 perennials on earth, and it's all around us. You need it in your yard. So how are we doing, Java? We're doing good, Felder. We do have a phone call from one of our neighbors in Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, and let's, uh, let's talk with Angie. Good morning, Angie. How are you doing this morning? Are you, are you in Mobile? Good morning. Are you in yes, Mobile? Yes, sir, I am. Oh, what's up? What can we help you with? Um, thank you guys for having me. I enjoy your show very much. Yeah, I have a question about tower gardens. Um, my husband and I, we made two tower gardens and just kind of planted different stuff in them. And um, we had a lot of things grow, but they didn't get very big. We didn't get very much of a harvest. And I was just wondering, are there particular um, vegetables that really should go in a tower garden. Okay, when you say tower garden, uh, d describe how you're doing. Is it just is it just pots stacked on top of each other or what? No, he got um, some big barrels and cut the slits in them, and then we uh -huh. put plants in the individual slits. So it's one big container, and then he put a pole like through the middle for fertilizer and water and the pole that goes through the middle also has holes in it to water the whole thing so it's one big unit well you know it, it depends on how much soil you've got there's a lot of plants that are cascading you know that do real well particularly some of the culinary herbs i'm thinking uh mint and oregano you know those sort of cascade down and also some of the cherry type tomatoes they cascade uh so it's always good to have something that, that hangs over the side uh, the biggest concern I would have is you put all that water and fertilizer in one spot, and they have roots all the way to the edge. So I think it'd be better to to uh, to to scatter fertilizer over the soil instead of putting it down in one tube. In other words, uh, spread the the fertilizer out a little bit. And um, but other than that, it's just container gardening. It's just growing stuff in pots. They're just in different configuration, but it's not any more difficult to grow there than it is in just any. Of, I actually stack some of my pots. Uh, one of my my big my herb garden is a, a horse watering trough. It's six foot diameter, and I've got a, a bigger, a smaller pot set in it, and a smaller pot set in it, sort of like a terrace, uh, sort of like one of those water fountains that has different levels. And I just, uh, you know, plant stack stuff up like that. So, anyway, it's just real general stuff. Think cascading plants, and also there's lots of stuff that grows over the winter time. So don't don't feel like just because it's October that y'all have to stop gardening. Oh, the winter can be some of the best gardening in the South even a lot, especially along the Gulf Coast, where it's mostly frost-free. Okay. Well, thank you very much, sir. All righty. Good luck on it. Let's know how it works. Okay, somebody thank here. Oh, and you didn't say um, where the plant swap would be in Mobile. Uh, it's at the uh, the the old the the Pres Central Presbyterian Church at the parking lot. It's uh, it's an old part of town. I can't remember it's the corner of Ann and Dolphin or something. I can't remember. I'll give more details about that. But it's in the parking lot of Central Pres Presbyterian Church, and it's got a whole lot of folks bringing a whole lot of really cool plants. It's gonna be on the 30th of of October. Thank you so much. Have a good day, guys. Appreciate it. Oh boy. So, how we doing, Java? Got any calls? No, no, we're still waiting on our calls. Um, give us a, a, a phone. We have open phone lines. But I wanted to uh, comment on Angie. Angie has called in on a number of our locally uh, produced programs uh, from Mobile, and it still amazes me how many calls we get from, you know, uh, we, I say we steal from Alabama. <laughs> yeah, 
a lot of times they call it uh, Eastern LA, Eastern Lower Alabama. Anyway, we got a, a, a young gentleman here from the Max. Good morning. I'm Coleman Warner from the Max staff, and we're thrilled that you guys are here today. But I had a question about this, the the city of Meridian and its its gardening, and that is, I grew up in Meridian, and throughout my life, I've noticed that that there are a lot of people, a lot of families in Meridian with just amazing, rolling, gorgeous yards with massive trees. And the dedication to gardening here seems to be extraordinary in many ways. And I wonder if Meridian, in terms of its gardening culture or traditions, is uh, di disti distinguished in any way from other communities around the state. Oh, that, that's a really good question. And, of course, you know, I've, I've, I've been to every state. I've lectured in, I mean, every county. I've lectured in every county except Itawamba County because they don't even have a place to lecture. They have to go up to Rolling Fork to go to the library. But other than that, one of the things that, that makes uh, places have more flowers and more, uh, and more ornamentals is whether or not they have a real active, used to be garden clubs, you know, now it's master gardeners. Master gardeners have, have done a good job of sort of, of, of organize, being organized and learning more about it. But also they have plant sales and plant swaps and things like that where people share things that do well in that particular area. It also helps that, uh, that here at Marina Community College, you had a gal, she retired a few years ago, named Gail Barton. You know, Gail taught horticulture. She, she and I went to, to, to horticulture college together, but she's done a real good job of, of encouraging people to, to share these kind of plants. So where you have a sharing attitude where people get together and swap plants and all, you start seeing uh, if there's one plant that does well in part of town and it does well enough and it's easy to share, next thing you know, it's all over town and the whole town seems to light up. So a whole lot of it has to do with whether there's a, a pass-along plant tradition, whether there's a community of sharing. And, um, you know, so you go to some places, all azaleas and crepe myrtles, which are all store-bought. You go to a place like Meridian, you see a lot of Confederate rose and, and uh, red spider lilies and stuff that you really can't buy that, that, that tells me that people get together and share stuff, which is a sort of real cool connection. Just one other quick comment. I've noticed that... Uh... Master gardeners, in my view, and I'm not a great gardener, although I love it, uh, and among master gardeners, I would include my stepmother, Nancy Warner. Uh, uh, a lot of accomplished people in this group, uh, and I'm not sure that everyone recognizes it, but wouldn't you consider a master gardener to be an artist? Could, could be, and uh, I'm going to do a little bragging here. We were the last state in the country to have a master gardener program, the last and I pushed for four years to get it started. And finally, uh, they started one on the coast. We did one in central Mississippi. And what it is is a, an opportunity for people to, to get together and learn about home horticulture through the, extent, through the county extension service. And in return, they're required to share what they learn with others. See, so it, it gets people out there. It's just part of what they call payback. And... Um, Anyway, so it's a, it's a cool thing. I think they just started new online, online training. But if you're interested in the Master Gardener program and don't, don't know uh, about it, call your county extension office, see what they've got going. I would like to mention this. Master Gardening doesn't teach so much gardening as it teaches home horticulture, which is how you learn more about gardening. And, uh, but the important thing is it gets a bunch of weirdos together in one spot, people who happen to be gardening, and they get together, and after the class is over, and they start sharing their little secrets and plants and stuff. So it's a community thing, but I appreciate that. Now, Felder, we do have some uh, phone calls lined up, and let's go and talk with um, Susan in Hernando. She's joined the show. Good morning, Susan. What's going on up in North? Oh, I just broke Granny's tail off of her chicken. Oh, no, Felder. Oh, it no. It was it was it was glued on, so I can put it back. But I oh, come on now! She didn't appreciate that at all. But it's already been glued on once. Anyway, sorry, sorry, Granny's chicken. What's up, Susan? Oh, I was calling about the woman who talked about what she thought was a boll weevil, a beaked insect, but it bit her. Um, yep. It might be an it might be an assassin bug. Could very well be. They got that snout too, and they yeah, suck, and suck they bite. Teeth. Yeah, yeah, because my daughter was bitten by an assassin bug when she was working at a client's place. So I just wanted to pass that on. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, she Thank says you. She's gonna Love your show. Thank you. She says she's going to send me a picture of it. So uh, 
Anyway, what's going on here in Meridian? What y'all want to talk about? Somebody, somebody got to have something going on about gardening. Come on. Well, Felder, while we while we cue somebody up in Meridian, because I do want to hear from the good people of Meridian, let's go back to Tennessee because we have Brian on the line who has a a, a question or a comment this morning. Morning, Brian. What's up, man? Uh, good morning. I just uh, was listening and heard you say you've never lectured in Itawamba County. Um, they do have Itawamba Community College there, so you might try to get in touch with them. Yeah, I appreciate it. By the way, you know, and this is so funny because I'm a retired horticulture professor, but I flunked out of Mississippi Delta Junior College. I flunked out of Mohead. And you don't flunk out of junior college for being dumb because they work with you. <laughs> anyway, what's going on, man? But that was all. I would I would love to come see you. We're just uh, a little bit too far north of Meridian or Jackson to get down there. Okay, if you ever come down, stop by and say hey. In Wama Community College. No, I flunked out of Mississippi Delta Junior College. They got a terrific one here, Meridian Community College. Is it called Meridian Community College? Or, you know, because I, yeah, because, you know, when I started, it was Junior College, Sunflower County Junior College. So, anyway, what we got, Java? Well, we're still waiting on our phone calls. We got some open phone lines, so give us a give us a call this morning. But um, tell me more about what's happening tomorrow, because you usually, um, I mean, the the max is almost like your second home nowadays, Felder. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of people they don't understand what the max is, job. It's right downtown. You can't miss it. I mean, as soon as you come across the uh, the big bridge by the railway station, the max is a beautiful contemporary building, and it's not a museum. It's not a, a culture. It's a it's a, an interactive place. It has un, it's got multiple stories. It's interactive. They've got so many different phases that that, that celebrates all of the arts in Mississippi. All of it. It's a true. It's, it's truly an experience. I'll say that it's a really an experience. I mean, they've got a kitchen. They celebrate the the, the famous cooks and chefs of Mississippi and all that. They have a. They have a. They have an actual. I guess you'll call it a church or a chapel inside the building next next to a juke joint next to a a riverboat you can get into next to a front porch that you can sit on like it really is an experience yeah can 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 you hear that John? oh this is live i I love it this is live radio because somebody needs uh uh somebody needs help and uh, I, and and uh, between that and breaking the tail off Granny's chicken, and I did drive over here in my pickup truck that's got the stuff growing in the back. I'll have it here tomorrow morning. But anyway, no, that it's just it, it, it. I can't explain. I've been to so many museums, you know, the BB King Museum in my hometown of Indianola, and so many cultural centers. But this is a truly unique experience. It's just it, I can't I can't describe it. It's right downtown uh, Meridian. So y'all come by and visit sometime. If you can come by tomorrow. You know, swing by and say hey to me, and uh, visit the plants, what the plant sale for Master Gardens and the and the farmers market next door. So well, anyway. Felder, we are getting some getting some phone calls lined up. Let's go ahead and sneak our last break really, really quickly, and then we're going to go to uh, Mobile, and we got another call from Tennessee. Okay. All righty, folks. I'm horticulturist Felder Russian. Me and Java Chapman and other folks at MP Lisa uh, there at the MPB. She's our phone greeter this morning. All the folks here at the Max. We welcome y'all to the Gestalt Gardeners. It's a big party, we call it, here on Mississippi Public Broadcast. We'll be right back with more of the calls right after this. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law host of In Legal Terms. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. When your kids are too young to drive, they still have to get places, lots of places. So you spend lots of time in your car or SUV driving them to those places. Thank goodness for MPB Think Radio. While you're waiting in the pickup and drop-off line with the Trazillion other parents, you have fresh air, Southern Remedy, Morning Edition, Everyday Tech, and a host of other MPB programs to keep you company. Go to mpbonline.org to find out what's on and when. You take care of the kids, we'll take care of you at MPB Think Radio. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio. 
About horticulture is fellow rosy. Let me see. I've talked about edibles, about planting garlic. This time of year to plant garlic. I've talked about heirloom, the old uh, red spider lily. I've talked about a native plant, the goldenrod. If there's some things you'd like me to yak about, shoot me an email. Give us a call. Let's talk about it. Uh, meanwhile, you say we got some callers on the line? Uh, yes, sir. Let's go to, let's swing over to Mobile. Um, what'd you say, Lower Alabama? And let's talk with Kat. Thanks, Java. Good morning. How are you? Hey, y'all. Good morning. I'm in Mobile, but I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. So does that count? That counts. <laughs> okay. I had a question about um, fresh air plants, like plants that will uh, purify the air, whether in the office or in the home. I was just wondering if you could give me some ideas of um, plants I could pick up, like at Lowe's or Home Depot. Okay. Uh, f- first of all, uh, this thing about air- plants purifying the air. That's based on research done in Mississippi, NASA research by a guy named, oh, I'm drawing a blank. I've known him for years. Um, anyway, he did all that research for space station research, and all of his experiments were done on plants in small sealed boxes, okay, where they control the atmosphere. And they found that some plants do take certain pollutions, pollutants out of the air. However, it doesn't translate to the home of the office. Here's the reason why. If you're in a tight little box, it helps a lot. But if you're in an office that's got a door or a home that's got a window, as soon as you open that, the air exchanges so much that there is zero measurable benefit from pollutants of growing plants indoors. Zero. This is, this is true. However, it's a great idea to grow plants because, among other things, they perk up your attitude. They keep your spirits going. They make you. They connect you to nature. Uh, they, you know, they, they let you know that that it's not just a sterile atmosphere. And also, they collect dust on the leaves. And so, when you take them outside or put them in the shower to wash them off, that takes some of it out there. So, rather than growing plants because they they uh, purify the air, which is a myth based on a real tiny little sliver of space science, uh, grow them because they're pretty, because they make you feel good, because they they connect you with stuff. And there are some plants that do really, really well indoors because they like low light, which is important. But more important, they tolerate low humidity. You know, a lot of people forget that ferns and palms used to grow well indoors because we had the windows open because we didn't have air conditioning. But now we have to have plants that take low light and low humidity. And I'm thinking of slick leaf plants. Uh, You go to to the garden center, if it's got slick feeling leaves, things like the old mother-in-law tongue or snake plant, uh, rubber trees, Dwarf chef Lara's, Chinese evergreen, these kind of plants are slick leaves. They really do well in the low light. And uh, I grow four or five different plants all grouped together like a little jungle uh, with big plants and middle plants and small plants together. And they share their humidity and it looks good too. And occasionally when I bring one in this time of year, it brings a little lizard or something in with it. But anyway, uh, there are some really good low light, low humidity plants, uh, not ferns, not palms. Uh, not succulents because they t- unless you got a, a south facing window that gets plenty of sunshine. So the main thing is grow stuff that's got shapes and textures and kind of slick leaves and plant two or three together or group their pots together for a, a shared little scene. And uh, then when you take them outside to water them or to, to get the dust off, that helps clean up your house a little bit. Well, thank you. I try to learn something new every day and you always provide good information. Oh, I will say one other thing. When you water a plant, that drives air out of the, the out of the soil, and when it dries back in, it pulls air in, and the potting soil can act sort of like a carbon filter. So I'm not going to say they has zero effect. So uh, anyway, just keep all that in mind. And the main thing is enjoy the plants uh, because they have benefits other than just you know making your house smell better. Felder, I was going to get on you real quick because you you burst Cat's bubble really fast talking about the space science uh, done here in Mississippi, but you redeem yourself because it is a sort of a psychological thing when you have those plants around your house. Even if it doesn't actually purify the air, it just makes you feel better. Absolutely. And I remember the guy, the guy named was Wolverton, and, uh, and I met him, and they, they took this research in the, uh, the potted plant industry, used it as a marketing thing. And I hear so many things that people swear by that are simply not true that when I say them, it, I, I wish they were true because it's easier to just say, yeah, 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 uh, eggshells, put calcium in your soil. 
No, they don't, but it sure is easy to say. Epsom salt's going to green everything up. No, it doesn't, but it sure is easy to say. There's so many things out there that people swear by, but it just doesn't based by science. It's not based on science, but it makes people feel better. So I'm saying go for it. doesn't hurt. doesn't hurt. Now, Felder, we're running on the end of the show. Uh, we have James from Hendersonville, Tennessee. But uh, James, please send us an email. Um, we we ran out of time this morning. But Felder, tomorrow tomorrow you're going to be at the max. Um, what time does it start? Because you know we rebroadcast the show at ten. If somebody hears this on Saturday morning at ten, are you already going to be doing your thing, or can they still come? We're going to start yakking about 9.30 till about 11, but they can come on down here anyway and go to the farmer's market and a plant sale next door. And if you want to come by and bring a plant to, to swap, we have a plant swap sometime around 11. So if you're listening today, you've got to get in your car, turn the, the radio on and head this way. <laughs> anyway, Java, I appreciate your work, man, a whole, whole bunch. And you and Jesse Valentine working real hard to make me sound tall and smart. It doesn't work. You know, I got granted, broke the tail off granted chicken. And my dress shoes are, are uh, fairly new white Converse tennis shoes. I'm not wearing them because I'm trying to be cool. I'm wearing them because I've been wearing these since I was 10. My feet are shaped like this back when they were a $1.50 a pair. So uh, anyway, we've been talking about wildflowers and heirloom plants and edible stuff and gardening with children and all sorts of things here in the Max. And uh, I'm going to stick around a little bit and sort of yak with folks, but if you have a chance to get downtown Meridian, come on by this place. It's unbelievable. It will really surprise you. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rush, and we've been broadcasting live from Meridian, Mississippi, from Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I've been prancing around here with a microphone in my hand. I feel kind of stupid, but I'm having a good time, and we're going to talk about gardening. That's what we do every week here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. Hey, if you get a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market, take them to a garden center, get them a sack of bulbs, pans yourself to show them how to do what we do best and that's get dirty see y'all next week Yay. On the next Code Switch and Life Kit, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. Code Switch explores why the term Hispanic is actually a recent invention in the United States. Then Life Kit gives tips for honoring heritage through food ways. Food is not just food. Food is a way to understand an entire culture, an aspect of human existence, period. That's on Code Switch and Life Kit from NPR. Today at 1 on MPB Think Radio.